We want to thank you for joining us for One Times One. I'm Rob. And I'm Sue. And we are the Parkers. And so... Today is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all of the men out there. Whether you have children of your own or you've been significant in the life of another person, today is a day that we get to celebrate you. Yes. And I get to celebrate the love of my life today. He has, um, growing up without a father, you don't really know what to expect. Although I had men in my life as as uh, role models and, and father figures in my life, I didn't really know what to expect, to be yep. honest with you, when I had my own children. And Rob has succeeded every dream, every prayer that I ever could have hoped or wished for um, in a father. He is not perfect, and we know that. We talk oh, about we know that, that a lot. But um, he loves our kids perfectly, and he is the perfect father for our children. Our kids adore you. It is very obvious. It's kind of funny because as um, they grow up, I always joke that they're all little mini Robs to some extent. And as they're becoming men and women, you know, adults, they're all Rob Parkers. <laughs> so this was the coolest gift I got. Wasn't Just, the coolest. Not the coolest. I'm sorry. You got a lot of good gifts. Coolest gift from you. Okay. You gave me several cool gifts. I actually got some really cool gifts for Father's Day. Today was more like Christmas than, than, than Father's You're Day. You celebrate it. I can't believe some of the things that I got for Father's Day. It was awesome. But these were awesome. These are my new vans, my new flip-flops. Okay, the funny part about them. this and is this that you wanted these. Okay, this sounds horrible. I got up, cut my nails, knew I, <laughs> knew I was getting these so I could preach in my van flip-flops. He's known about this. I ordered them so long ago when he oh, said he, they were psyched. cool. And he's asked for them every week. Yep. And I wouldn't give them to him. Yeah, it's getting nice out. I wanted my flips. You had to wait. So thank you. I got my van flip-flops. And to all my kids, you guys, you guys rocked it with the gifts this year. And so... Thank you for all the gifts. I love I love every single gift. So thank you. So uh, good. So we're we are we're not doing a non sponsor sponsor. We're actually going to dedicate this podcast to the Kunish family and the Carrieri family. Kenny Kunish was uh, a man who I grew up with. He passed away this past Monday. He battled cancer for eleven months. And yesterday, um, I was up in Vermont, and I had performed the, officiated the ceremony, the funeral for Kenny Kunish. And so, we really want to dedicate this, this episode to the Kunish family, the Carrieri family. Uh, Jamie, we're praying for you. All the Kunishes, we're praying for you all. And uh, it was a rough day yesterday. It was a rough day, and it really inspired today. Our, our podcast, we were going to do something else, but... It really inspired what we wanted to talk about. Yeah, today. we weren't even going to pod today, to be honest with you. But um, due to some circumstances, our kids, no one's home now. Yeah, so, so we found out. ourselves being here, and we said, "Why don't we do it?" You know, what a good day to do it. And yep. um, for me, watching Rob um, go through this with with the Kunish family and the yeah. emotion of of the last week and and what that's entailed, Rob came home yesterday and he said this profound thing, and it was. So simple, but so profound. And he said, Kenny lived his life well. Yeah. Each day with purpose. That was kind of what you said. Yeah. Yeah. I talked about three things um, during the funeral. Um, but the one came from Psalm 90, verse 12. Lord, teach us to number our days. And I made the point, make every day count. Make every day count. And, and Kenny did a really good job of making every day count. Before he was diagnosed and then after he was diagnosed, he... He really ran through the tape and, and finished strong. And it was rough. It was a rough one. It was, it was probably, personally, one of the hardest funerals I've ever had to do. But it was an honor, and I appreciate the family inviting me into helping them 
learn to grieve and mourn. So, um, yeah. so I think what a great thing Rob spoke in church this morning, uh, challenged the fathers and, and pretty much all of us, yeah. to be honest with you. But um, knowing in light of this and talking about finishing strong and, and really being a role model to people around you as you go through all of life's yep. circumstances, I thought that we should really kind of dig a little deeper into that. Talk about what you talked about this morning, but maybe give like one story from each yeah. main point. So yep. I have Rob's notes here. Um, of the cheat, main, cheat. Of the cheat, main cheat. points. I do pay attention though when you speak, honey. Thank you. You have to Two services. <laughs> both services, yes. You don't have to, you choose to. I choose to. So, good. So the first point you made today was when times get tough, we don't give up, we stand up. So give us something, a tangible example of what that means for you yeah. as a, a father. Endurance. It means to endure, to push through the difficult times in life. And we know with marriage, there's tough times. We know with parenting, there's tough times. And even as an individual, like I'm going to go through hard stuff. We're going to go through hard stuff. We're going to go through hard stuff with our kids. And the way that I push through difficult times will build the character that will help me be the father that I'm called to. And I love how it says in scripture that, that perseverance develops character. And character develops endurance. And so it's this whole idea of pushing through difficulties, knowing that that's when our character is being shaped. Playing sports and we'll, we'll call college football. When I played college football, the uh, when fourth quarter came, we always raised up our four fingers and we said four, knowing that the fourth quarter matters most. And so the way that I endure, endure trials and struggles is going to be the same way that my kids do. So let me give you an example. When I really think about endurance, I think about the struggle that we've had with our kids physically. We've had uh, three of our children really struggle with some form of, of physical ailments. Uh, one had scoliosis and two of them have an eye disease, a very rare juvenile X-link retinoschisis. And I remember when our boys were first diagnosed, I, I just, would get so in my head, like get to the doctor and hopefully they'll have better news. Get to the doctor, hopefully they'll have better news. Get to the doctor and hopefully have better news. And I would just drive through every appointment. And you called me out multiple times. You're like, Rob, where are you? You are not present. I'm like, no, I'm waiting for good news. I'm waiting for good news. I'm waiting for good news. And, and it was bad. It, it actually was hurtful. And there just came a day, there came a moment that I'm like, I got to embrace what they have. My prayer is for healing. My prayer is that this, this stupid disease will go away. My prayer is that there will be redemption in something that has brought loss to our life. And I remember that day saying the way that I walk through their ailments is going gonna, is gonna to shape how they handle their ailments. And then what happens when they have kids? And I'll just never forget that day where I just had to, I call it my come to Jesus moment. I had to say, God, I'm going to plow through. And the way that I endure is going to be the very same way they endure. And so when times get tough, we don't give up. We stand up. We stand up. Life is not perfect. Life, life is filled with trauma. Life is filled with stuff. I mean, look at Kenny's life. I mean, he went through a lot. They went through a, life, a lot in, their li in his lifetime. And it wasn't just with his cancer. It was other situations that happened that, that I really think he did a great, a great job of showing up. He never gave up. He stood up. When his child had an, a situation, he stood up. And when he had the biggest fight of his life, he stood up. We need to stand up.
And we have to learn that. You see, being a man is not staying down. Being a man is standing up. It says in Proverbs, it says seven times a man falls, but seven times a man gets up. What defines the man? The man who stands up. That's being a man. Stand up. Stand up under hard times. Stand up under trial. Stand up when you need endurance. That's good. That's really good. I kind of feel like I went on a tangent. Was that clear? Very clear. Okay. okay. Yeah, I felt like good. I was going on a tangent. Sorry. That's okay. You have a lot to Sorry. say. Sorry. All right. Your second point today was don't look away. They are watching you. Yeah. So for me is I was the kid who hated bullies. I hated bullies. I did get in some fights when I, when I was growing up. Some of them I, I, I instigated, but the majority of them was always a bully. My, kid, my, my friends were always smaller than me because I was the big guy in the class. And so older grades, older, older guys would pick on my friends. And I hated it. And I used to just freak out on people because I hated bullies. And I've noticed that my kids watch when there is some form of injustice that goes on around us. Whether it be on the sporting field, whether it be in a school situation, whether it be in a neighborhood, the way that I handle an injustice, they're watching. They're watching. And and I'll be honest with you, Sue, there were times that my parents needed to stand up for me, and they didn't. And I always felt a wound in my soul. And I always just wanted someone to stand up for me. And I think that's why I used to beat up the bullies. And so when I had kids, I said, I'm going to stand up for my children. I'm going to stand up not only for my children, but for their friends. And so I've learned this, that, you know, don't look away. They're watching. And I saw that, you know, this past year with all the, the, the racism going on in the country. And as a pastor, I needed to say something. It was wrong. And we can justify so many things and we can always point fingers at other people and you don't fully get it. Well, you know what? When there's injustice, we need to speak up. And so I need to realize that I need to have a voice in what's going on in my children's life. I think um, you had mentioned this earlier today, and I think it's important to, to mention on this because it's such a tangible example. Um, during some of those eye appointments when we be in the city, you are always very sensitive, like you said, for injustice, right? And, and the homeless population has always been something that's really been um, painful for you. When we'd be in New York City, you would stop and talk to anybody you could and help any homeless person on the street that that pains you and um you would always go and buy them food yep and give it to whoever you can give it to yeah. and um you've done that for years and our children um have watched you do that for years and it's been a beautiful thing just to they've never really said much about it but they've yeah. watched it and then I think for us, or for me at least, when I really start to see this stuff is when you see your kids do it, right? So yeah. when you start seeing them do the things that you've been, these these rhythms that you've been doing, let's call them, yep. right? And um, I'll never forget the one time that Brandon went, and when he started going to the city by himself for one of his appointments, lives in Connecticut, yep. would take public transportation and get there, and he missed a train, the path or something, to come to New Jersey. And I was like, well, how'd you miss it? And he's like, I had to go buy food for the homeless. And that was such a beautiful example of they're watching. Yep. They're watching you and they're going to do it because yep. they're watching you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think that's one of the things that I love about the Kunish family, the whole mm-hmm. Kunish family. They are so good at stepping into those people that need assistance. 
someone who doesn't have a voice, the Kunish family has always done a fabulous job of mm -hmm. being a voice for mm -hmm. those who do not have a voice. Whether it be the school in Patterson that their that their their parents really got them involved with, or or whether it be up in Stratton where where Kenny got involved with an organization, this whole idea like we need to have a voice in our children's life, because if we don't have a voice in their life for those, as Jesus calls them, the least of these, those on the margins of life, they're never going to participate. They're never going to be those the the, the the be the humanity that God has called us to be, right? It's good. So. Good. Okay, your next point this morning was direction is only helpful when it points them in the right way. Yeah. So can I be really honest? I've been really frustrated lately. I, I see people not speaking into their kids' lives. I see that there are more situations going on right now than ever um, in every aspect of this world, every single aspect of this world. And I don't see parents talking to their kids. I, I see social media raising their children. I see that this idea of social contagions. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what that is, look it up. There are some social contagions that are going on out there. And parents are just letting their kids figure it out. No. My, it's my responsibility to guide my children. It's my responsibility to speak into their lives. And let's be honest. One day they're going to choose whatever they want to do. But until they turn a certain age, it's my responsibility to guide them, to wrestle through some hard stuff. I, I love last year on Father's Day. It was actually Father's Day last year. We went down to Doug's house, my brother, and my two boys were fighting in the back over just- On the way home. It was ridiculous. It was, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. They were just going at it. And I finally am like, stop. You're trying to talk over each other. And both your points are so off right now because you're not allowing the other person to speak. And it really set a tempo like we don't talk at each other. We talk with one another. And it's my role to facilitate the conversations that they're having with me, that I'm having with them, that they're having with one another. Because I am terrified for the next generation. I mean, we are allowing kids to make these, these crazy decisions that in the end, I, I think it's going to have potential permanent damage in their lives and in our society. And you know, what I appreciate about Rob as a father, like I've, I've talked about this before, but is you are really good letting our kids have opinions and, and a voice. I've always struggled with that. I think, um, you know, as a mom, you kind of want just to protect them and keep them in your little, your little like bear den there, mama bear. But you've been really good at letting them, um, speak and, and have different opinions that you and I do. Yeah. You know, whether it's political or racial or, or whatever it is. I mean, they they've had a voice because you've been so gentle with them and you've done this. You've pointed them in the right direction. You're confident that this is where you learn is when you have these discussions that are maybe when they're saying things that you don't particularly agree with a hundred percent. But you're kind of showing them the way that through your example of, of how you've come to some of these things, how you've come to some of the beliefs that you have. Yeah, and, and I want to be careful because I don't, want to, I don't want to put anyone down. You know, we grew up in a generation that we didn't have a voice. We were told to, we were told to just <laughs> believe and do what we do and, and just kind of just shut up and keep go, keep going, shut up and keep going. <clears throat> and I hated that. I wanted to talk. I wanted dialogue. I wanted someone just to listen to me. 
And I really, there's been times that you and I have fought because I've said, you got to let your kids just express. They're trying to get your goat. They're trying to egg you oh, on. They get they're my trying, goat. they're trying to see how far they can push it when really what they're saying is how far are you going to listen to me? And I have some past pain that I just said, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that to my kids. And you know what? When they're older, more than likely, they're going to be little Robin Sue's. And so the way that we allow them to dialogue will be the very same way that they Shh, allow their, them. the way that they're going to allow their children to dialogue. And again, great, Rob, you sound like you got it all together. No, this has come at a cost, a pain in my life that I never had a voice. My kids need to have a voice and it's my role to help f facilitate conversations. And yeah, there are things that I want them to believe. There are things that I want them to grow up and do, but the way that I handle those conversations in a moment are going to really dictate whether or not I'm gonna be able to have a voice in their future. You know what's interesting is you were um, sharing, I point two to point three, right? So the second point was don't look away, they're watching you, and you were saying, you know, the underdog, right? The bully yep. and, and protecting and having a voice for your children. But then we went on to saying, you know, point them in the right direction. It's kind of hard. That's where parenting gets really tough. You want to stand up for your kids and you want to really, yep. you know, but there comes a point that you can't stand up for them and they have to learn to kind of figure it out. And yeah. that's where this part comes in, pointing them in the right direction. You yeah. know, you have to really be honest with yourself sometime and say, I could do all this, but I have to let them fail. I have to let them I fail. I have to let yep. them, yep. you know, crash so they learn. Yep. Because if you're just helping them and navigating it all along the way and doing it for them, they're never going to be able to do it. Yep. And that's a real, that's hard. Yep. That's hard. Especially when you have a child, like you talked about in point two, that feels like the underdog and feels like they're struggling. It's a tough challenge. I mean, I really can honestly say those are some of the hardest times. Yeah. You know? And you know what? We believe that God created our children for purpose. We have to trust God in all this. Like we have to trust God in all of this. We have to believe that the more that we engage in conversation with them, the more that we are present, the more we're going to be able to speak into their life. And you know what? They're going to make decisions as they get older. The question is, is am I at this stage in their life pointing them in the right way? Yep. Because you know what? Parents right now are terrified of their kids. They're terrified of their kids. They are terrified or terrified of, of losing or their losing kids. their children. I think that's a very yeah. important thing. They're yeah. terrified of losing their children. Yes. You know what? Love covers over a multitude of sins. Yeah. Love covers over a lot. And I know even with our oldest or with our second or our third or third or with our fourth that they, we don't always have to see eye to eye. Because you know what? They know mom and dad are going to love them through whatever differences we have. Not may have, because we have differences. Whatever differences we have, love is going to allow mm -hmm. us to continue to walk down that path with them. Yeah. And you know what? It's the long game. It's the long game. Rob always used to say when the kids were little, this was like your thing. Life is a journey, not a destination. And it's in that time. It is a long game. It's I just wish journey. I would have just penned that down because know, then we would have been really like wealthy. Famous. Now it's yeah. like, yes. I felt like he originated yeah. that. We could have had a real podcast studio. We could have totally had yep. one. Yeah, yep. that's true. Um, your, your next point said, investments come at a cost. Choose your investments wisely. Yeah. And your point in the beginning was very 
when you were speaking this today was very, um, you know, it stood out to me. So much of our lives are spent outside our homes. Yep. And I remember when the kids were little, that really hit me the first time. I'll never forget it. When they all were in school full time. And I was like, wow, they spend six, seven hours away from us. Yep. Then they come home and they have their activities or do homework. So the amount of time that we're having just one-on-one -on -one talking to our kid is like, I don't know, before bedtime, a couple hours. If right? that. If, if that. that. If and, that. and that really hit me. In the me morning, about every morning's a fight, so that doesn't count. <laughs> Doesn't yeah, count. Mornings aren't good. Yeah. Morning, good. morning is not investment. Yeah. Yep. So I think, you know, we really, so when you think about that, what does that look like? Talk to us about investment because you're not spending, you're working all day. I'm working all yep. day. We have things at night. The kids have work. How are we making investments in children? Yeah. Well, first we don't worship our kids. So we don't plan our whole life around our kids. We and that is I want to like our, amen that yeah, because we mold our children. Yep. We set them up with the gifts that they have been given and we've helped them find their gifts. Mm -hmm. And then we come alongside and we support their gifts. So how do we invest? One best thing you ever did was when the kids told on me for being on the phone in the car. Mommy They're always telling us. Mommy, daddy's <laughs> always on the phone in his, uh, in the car. Of course, they were right. And you said, "Stop it. Stop it." You're missing the opportunity. And so for me is I had to really turn my phone off in the car and choose to invest in car rides. I had to choose and say, you know what? I'm going to coach my children. I had to choose. I actually, remember I taught a week of school. Remember that? I, I shut everything down in my life because they needed a teacher at the mm -hmm. middle at the middle school. Mm -hmm. yeah. I didn't want to do that, but I knew it was an opportunity to show up for my kids. Yep. We have to choose. There's so many things that that I've even said, why am I doing this? Because of a long-term investment. And so what do we value most? What we talk about, what we think about, where we spend the most time, and how we spend our money. And if we really were to ask our kids, like, what does daddy really value most? I may not like what they say, mm -hmm. but my big prayer is, is that they would know that that which I invest in most, that, that which I value most is them. And so you did a really good job of helping me invest in my children. Even when I was getting my doctorate, even when I was getting my doctorate, you're like, Rob, choose when you study, you're working full time, choose. And so one of the things that, that we really came to understand is when the kids are studying in their bedrooms, I would go in their bedrooms and study with them. And I'd say, hey, daddy's doing his schoolwork, you're doing your schoolwork, and we would do that together. And we had to get creative. You know, we both work full time. And I got to be honest with you, I've loved you working full time because you've made me invest in my children more than I probably would have. I would have just made excuses. I would have just kind of pushed the buck on you. Um, because at the end of the day, the way that I spend my time, that's what they're going to remember. Uh, cats in the cradle and a silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man on the moon. Which is when a you very come in home, dad. I, I, I just wanted to finish singing. I'm oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> but the whole idea of, of the, the song. The, mic. <laughs> the whole idea of the song is, you know, I'm just playing. The whole idea of the song is a father that neglected his child. For three verses, the father neglects his child. In the fourth verse, the father now wants to have a relationship with the dad. And the son is doing what he saw his whole life. Yeah. Now he neglects the father in the fourth yes. verse. Hey, dad. Don't come over. We got a ball game. We're busy, Dad. He didn't even invite him to the ball game. Didn't even invite him and to the ball And you know what? Game. There comes a point that we have to be really careful with our kids. Our, our kids can get to a place where they, where they crack. They break. They don't want us. And, and honestly, I, 
no matter what I do in this life, the only thing that matters is one, my relationship with Jesus and my relationship with you guys. Because you guys are just going to be able to, to really reap that which I poured into most. And so I need to choose my investments wisely. And it's come at, at times, a professional cost, right? Yep. There are some things that I've said no to professionally, yet even as a minister, at the cost of my children, because my children's was a much better investment than something else. Absolutely. Yeah. And this has been a journey. This has been a journey. Remember, I'm from Bergen County. I'm an Allendale boy. We need to be successful. Yep. Good. So your last point today, which I think was probably the the best point. Best conclusion ever. Um, he said, <laughs> they are not listening. Now, they are not listening. They are not listening. I have noticed that the older- Can I tell you something really funny? Yes. So that last point was so funny. A junior hire walked out right when I said that. No way. No they way. did. They did. And, and they just kind of, they weren't listening. They just left. They and then just they, came, they just kind of strolled back that's, in. I was cracking left. up. I was dying. They just, that's awesome. But they don't listen. I really would say about sixth grade, they stop listening to you. Yes. Your words are not really like important. Yep. You're up, not up until fifth cool. grade, every word matters. You know? Guess what daddy said. Guess what daddy yeah. said. Guess what daddy said. You know, I, this is totally a side note. This is so ridiculous. Taylor Swift has a song yep. that talks about, um, you know, never grow up. And like, sometimes I just need to like cry. So I put that on and just it's like, it's like a remembrance of the kids getting older. Yes. And, you know, it, it talks about like, hold it, let your mom hold your hand because someday you regret it or let her come and kiss you goodnight because sometimes you'll be in an apartment by yourself. Yes. But it's so true because they, like her point in that song was, you're rolling your eyes at your mom. Like, you yeah. don't do it. Like, and it's true. Every kid goes through that developmental, it's like a developmental milestone. They stop yep. listening and suddenly you're so cool and then you're not cool anymore. Like one day you're just not cool. Yep. Like what happens? Like, and I really, I mean, each of our kids, like I really thought Luke would always think we were awesome. Yep. Like, no, it changes. Like sometimes he doesn't. He does. Sometimes he does. Sometimes, sometimes most, he does. A lot of times he But does. there's a lot of times that yep. he's like, oh, exactly. you know. Yo, he was awesome on Father's Day. He went above and beyond. Yeah. That he, boy went crazy. <laughs> that boy went crazy. He's like, I think my love language is giving gifts. I'm oh, like, I think it is too, he buddy. He <laughs> gave a gift. It was awesome. It was but, awesome. you know, they don't All listen. All my kids gave great, big gifts, but it was just so funny you bring up Luke. It's, it's so. very funny. But they don't listen. And, yeah. And words are words. You know, Rob had said this morning, like the peanuts. Like, yep. when you as a parent start talking to your children, a lot of times, it's just words. And really, it becomes nagging. Yep. That's what, I mean, the kids will, oh, I'll be like, hey, we have company coming over. Can you just, you know, clean up your room? And they're like, stop nagging me. I'm like, yep. oh my goodness, I'm not nagging you. But that's what it is, right? So, yep. come on, let's talk about that. 100%. I have a great way to wrap this up. Actions speak louder than words. I'd rather see a sermon than hear a sermon any day. I'll never forget, I was probably 10 years old. My uncle passed away. My great uncle passed away, great uncle. And we were at the funeral and I'll never forget my two uncles, so their father passed away. The two uncles were listening to all the stories, all the amazing things. And the one uncle said to the other, I have no idea who this mm. man is because he was never that way with us. The guy went to build this ambitious career. This guy went to go change the world by helping everyone. This guy was a, the perfect model of life, except to his own boys. 
And I'll never forget getting in the car and we were talking about like, what did uncle so-and-so mean by that? And I remember my father said to me, he never spent time with his kids. He was out building his business business and he was out changing the world and he forgot about his boys. And his boys said, we have no idea who, who those people are talking mm-hmm. about. You know what? The way we live really models everything that we hold true and everything we value. We say we want our kids to be people of faith, be people of faith. We say we want people to, to follow Jesus, am I following Jesus? We tell our children that, hey, we want you to have a good marriage one day, how am I treating you? Oh, they're not listening to anything we, we say. They're watching everything. And I really, really do pray that at the end of my life that my kids will be like, Daddy lived it. He lived it, and he loved us like no other. That's great. So that's how I would. That's great. Thank it. you for that. And I, I really, if you don't have children yet or you, um, you know, never had children or don't plan on having children, this still applies to you because yeah. there's always somebody in life that you can kind of come around. Yep. And, and eyes are watching you as equally. Um, I've said this a million times, but there have been many people in our children's life who have been very present yep. for them. Uh, you know, our daughter was talking about that the other day about uh, a mentor in her life who has been consistent, Yep. a couple, and how they have been. What con- about you, Uncle Al? Uncle yep. Al. Sue's Uncle Al. Always. I, I went up today and I said, I want to thank you for loving my wife like a father. Right? It's true. That was... that. We never know. We never know. We so never true. Know. So, you know, I challenge everybody to really be able to to pour into somebody else. Yep. Yeah. So. Cool. So happy Father's Day, love. Thank you. Thank you. And we want to thank you for joining us for One Times One. I'm Rob. And I'm Sue. And we're the Parkers. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>